From the blaze of emergency response to the beacon of security and retirement, this is the Atlas Annuity Podcast with your host, Marty Becker. Strap in, folks. Marty isn't your ordinary retirement planner. He's the financial firefighter who swapped his helmet for a headset to bring you the hottest safe money strategies in retirement without an ounce of burn. From guarding lives in the face of flames, Marty now shields your savings from the unpredictability of the stock market. He's the president, the owner, and annuity expert at Atlas Financial Strategies. Here's your host, Marty Becker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number six of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. This is Marty Becker. I am your host and the owner of Atlas Financial Strategies in St. Louis, Missouri. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why annuities have surrender fees and are they actually a bad thing? So if you've ever looked at an illustration of a fixed indexed annuity or a variable annuity or a multi-year guaranteed annuity, you may have noticed that there's something called a surrender schedule. And if you didn't notice it, then your advisor should have pointed it out to you. So a surrender schedule is a decreasing percentage of charges that you would incur if you surrendered the entire annuity before your term was over. Most of the time, the surrender schedule will start at 10% and then will decrease by 1% every year that goes by in your term. So for example, if you were to fund a 10-year annuity with $100,000 and you changed your mind for whatever reason, and let's say after six months you wanted all of the money back, you would be assessed that 10% surrender charge and the annuity company would send you back $90,000. Obviously, we would never want that to happen. And then let's say you change your mind in year number two. By that point, you would have the ability to take a 10% penalty-free withdrawal, and the surrender charge would have dropped to, let's say, 9%. Just to keep the math simple and not factor in any growth, $10,000 would be paid back to you with a penalty-free withdrawal, and then you would be assessed 9% on the remaining 90000 So you would get back a total of $91,000. And that surrender percentage decreases every year that you get closer to the end of your term. It's really no different than bank CDs, because if you were to break the deal with the bank, you're going to pay a surrender charge of some sort. But the biggest difference between an annuity and a bank CD is when it comes to the surrenders. Meaning if you try to withdraw early from a CD, some banks will make you forfeit the entire agreement and you'll have to take all of your money back. But with an annuity, let's say you had to have more than your penalty-free withdrawal of 10%. So in this scenario, you have a $100,000 annuity, but you need 11,000 back from it. And let's say you're far enough into your term to where your surrender charge has dropped to 3% the first $10,000 would come back to you penalty-free, but that additional $1,000 would be assessed a 3% penalty on it, so your account value would drop by $30. But just because you decided to take more than the penalty-free withdrawal does not mean that you have to forfeit the entire asset like you would have to do with some bank CDs. Now, the real question is, wh why? Why do annuities have these surrender charges? In previous episodes, 
we talked about what does the annuity company do with your money when it comes through their doors. They purchase long-term investment-grade bonds to protect your principal and creates a return for their company, pays their operating cost, and then pays you a fixed interest rate with the remainder of the funds or goes into an options budget to give you a larger opportunity for growth without risking your money. And if you don't understand what I just said, please go back and listen to episode number five titled, How Does the Annuity Company Set Caps and Participation Rates? When the annuity company purchases these bonds, basically they have surrender fees on those bonds as well. It's a little more complex than that, but we'll touch on that in a minute. If they're going to have to divest their holdings because you changed your mind and you want your money back, they're just going to pass that charge on to you, which honestly is fair because you're the one who wants to change the deal. Let's think about this logically for a moment. What you're doing is lending your money to the annuity company for a predetermined amount of time in exchange for a predetermined benefit. And that benefit could be a fixed interest rate, growth opportunity from tracking a stock index, or a guaranteed lifetime income. They are on the hook to hold up that obligation on their end, and you're expected to hold up your obligation and keep the money there for the agreed upon term length, with the exception of the penalty-free withdrawal. A really good comparison to this would be a mortgage company that loaned you the money to buy your home or an investment property. The mortgage company is agreeing to loan you the money with a set schedule of payments back to them over a certain number of years. And that could be 10, 15, or 30 years. It doesn't really matter the time frame. You agree to that term length and you're making the plans to pay that money back using that set schedule. Now, what if there was a provision in that agreement that said they could come back at any point they wanted to and ask you for all the money back. Would you agree to that term? Probably not. I venture to say absolutely not. And then the question is, why wouldn't you agree to that term? Because you already invested the money in the property and would have to liquidate it, possibly at a loss, to get the money to pay them back. So why would anyone ever do that? You wouldn't. And the annuity company wouldn't either not without some type of provision for the inconvenience and the possibility that they would have to liquidate their assets at a loss. This is no different. The annuity company has to take into consideration that this could happen at some point and has to make those provisions in case it does. All of this revolves around what the current interest rates would be at the time they had to liquidate their assets. And this is what's known as market value adjustment they give themselves a cushion with the surrender schedule. Now, one thing you will see on every annuity illustration is something called the MGSV, the Minimum Guaranteed Surrender Value. If you break the deal, the annuity company will always give you your absolute worst case scenario at any given point during your term. You can ask, does your bond portfolio give you the worst case scenario? And you may be saying bonds don't have surrender charges. No, not in that terminology. But what happens if you need the money back from the bond before maturity? You're probably going to sell it at a loss to get out of it. 
And is that not a surrender charge? You may be saying, my stocks don't have surrender charges, which I would say, I think they do. Because what if your stock value loses 20% and you need to sell it? Could that not be considered a 20% surrender charge? Your stockbroker just doesn't use that terminology because they want you to think that your stocks and bonds are always going to be worth the same amount of money at any given point in the future. And that's just not the case. The only thing that matters when your money is invested is what will be the value of it when you need or want the money back. And an annuity and some CDs are the only financial products that I know of that will tell you exactly what your worst case scenario would be at any given point in the future during your term. So stocks don't do that. Bonds don't do that. Crypto doesn't do that. Precious metals do not do that. And real estate does not do that. They will never tell you what your worst case scenario will be because by their very nature, they don't know what the value will be in the future. How do we avoid this provision ever being a problem in the first place? You need to work with a competent annuity advisor that knows how these products work and how to use them in retirement planning. Because when you're using these for retirement planning, retirement income, it's a very specific plan put in place and you would never need to pull more than 10% of the value out of the annuity because there are plenty of other liquid assets outside of the annuity. Everything would be designed around making sure you have enough availability and enough income. This is vital to understand because I have people call me all the time and say, hey, this other guy recommended that I put all my money into this annuity. And my response is that person is either a moron or he's being disingenuous with his approach. Because number one, you cannot put all of your money into an annuity. The annuity company will not allow it because of the very situation that we're talking about in this podcast. They don't want to be put in a situation where they have to divest their holdings. They don't want to assess you a surrender charge. That's why there's an industry-wide rule of thumb that you're not allowed to put more than 65% of your investable assets into an annuity. So the advisor that is telling you to put all of your money into an annuity is a moron because he doesn't even know the suitability standards. Or he's being disingenuous with some sort of sales technique because he's giving you some shoot for the moon amount that he wants you to put in there and hoping maybe you'll put half of that in. Either way, it's a ridiculous proposition. We want to avoid this situation of the surrender schedule by being very intentional and making the annuity a safe bucket of money to draw from when your other assets have lost value due to a market downturn. Now, that seems pretty logical, doesn't it? And again, this takes a very specific strategy that requires someone who understands these products to design it for you. And that's what I do. I'm an annuity specialist that designs retirement strategies to get you the safest outcome without stifling the growth opportunities in your other assets. Are there any situations when the surrender schedule does not apply? And I'm glad you asked 
Because yes, there are. If you are diagnosed with a terminal illness or confined to a skilled nursing facility, the annuity company will free up 100% of your money without penalty. Of course, if you pass away, all of the money will be freed up for your beneficiary. And if your beneficiary is your spouse, they will actually have the option to continue the term if they so choose, or they can take the lump sum amount out of the annuity. I know there are a handful and only a handful of annuities that will force the term to go to maturity, even with the death of the owner. So make sure you clarify that with your advisor and always read the disclosure for yourself. Going back to the original question, why do annuities have surrender fees? Hopefully you have a better understanding now of why that surrender schedule is a must have for the annuity company. But the other question we originally asked was, is the surrender schedule a bad thing? I guess it depends. If you have an incompetent advisor that had you put too much of your money into the annuity, and now you have to go above the 10% penalty-free withdrawal just to get money to pay your living expenses, then yes, they could be considered a bad thing. But whose fault is that? It's not the annuity company's fault. It's not your fault. It's the advisor's fault. And trust me, I don't want that to happen to you. Number one, because it hurts you financially. But number two, it hurts me financially as well. There's something known as a chargeback to where if you were to surrender the entire annuity within the first couple of years, then I am required to pay my commission back to the annuity company. And not only does that cause me to lose income, but it also makes me look bad in the industry that I don't know what I'm doing. So I want to avoid that at all costs as well. If you have a competent advisor that helps you design a specific strategy to implement the annuity in your retirement, then no, the surrender schedule is not a bad thing because now you know how the annuity company can protect your principal from loss while offering you the benefits you were originally looking to get from the annuity. So like I mentioned before, all of this is very simple, but strategic. And I actually go through some examples of how this works in my video series, 20% More Spendable Income in Retirement. You can watch that video series by going to atlasannuity.com and going under the videos tab, or by clicking the link in the show notes below. And if you have questions or would like to see what annuities are available that could be appropriate for you, I recommend heading on over to atlasannuity.com, which takes you directly to my calendar page where you can book a short phone call to get your questions answered. If you found today's podcast helpful, please like this podcast, subscribe to it, share it with someone that you think it could help. By liking and subscribing to the podcast, that helps us get the truth about a safe money retirement out to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Again, this is Marty Becker wishing you all the best in your financial education, and we'll see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. 
All information presented is for educational purposes only and is not a recommendation to implement any tax strategy, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or transfer any security or insurance products. Atlas Financial Strategies Incorporated is an insurance-only licensed entity, and any decisions to buy or sell securities should be discussed with a licensed securities advisor, and any tax strategies should be discussed with a licensed tax professional. Past performance of any strategies or products mentioned are not a guarantee of future returns. For any other questions or concerns, please go to www.atlasannuity.com.